Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ali Dean. I really am rugged with this. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at seven. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up, though. I'm going to be needing a caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try back and up? Give me just a little room. Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching the ball. I'm moving my head. No, I'm laying it off. Well, that's too. I'm proning. Maybe not super me. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too early. My God, my swing feels like a fucking lawn chair. Step right up, folks. Please, you can outdrive the amazing golf ball whacker guy. Help me keep my head down. It looks like I'm a rat. It's in the hole. Save me from the double bogey blue. Which means a happy Sunday morning to you. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And what a busy Sunday this is. What a busy sports weekend this is. Braves in town, Falcons in town, race cars over at Talladega. Man, there's a lot going on. Georgia Tech with a victory. Georgia squeaks out a victory, a win's a win. And uh, world of golf, we're playing golf also. So in-studio here at the Battery in Atlanta, uh, special in-studio guest with us. We want to welcome Marietta's own, <laughs> longtime golf reporter. He also has a real job, but uh, has a great blog, uh, not a blog, a great podcast. <laughs> and uh, and he's, he's joining us in studio for the first time ever. It's Chris Mascaro. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fantastic, Brian. Excited to be here. Are you kidding me? Okay, so tell us a little bit about your uh, your background. You've been you've been following golf for a long time. I have been playing since I was twelve years old, but uh, started doing a, a podcast before anyone knew what a podcast was back in the early twenty tens, and uh, entering our ninth season, or about to yeah, finish our ninth season doing the show. But uh, huge golf fan, and I've the 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 best part about doing the podcast is getting to talk to. I've had you on the show. I've had a lot of my heroes on the show and getting to learn about them and really kind of getting into the details and the weeds of their careers, but a lot of fun. Yeah, well, you you do your homework, I can tell you that much. The podcast is called Next on the T, yep. and you've got it on your hat. <laughs> you've got swag. <laughs> Indeed. I don't know how long we've been doing this show. We don't have swag. We also don't really have a name. So I think really, it's not. I think the station is kind of waiting for us maybe to take the first step there, and I don't blame them, Derek. You didn't come up with the golf show. I actually I did. Oh, I think it's a fantastic. You know name. who was, you know who was really a driving force in the name of the golf show was Nick Cellini. 
Well, he's a, a marketing genius. We, so, yeah. We, well, we tried to call the original <laughs> one years and years and years ago. We tried to call it On the Green. And uh, as it turns out, I would wind up working for PGA Tour Radio, and I would do a show on the Sports Fan Radio Network that was also that they decided to call On the Green. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those kitschy little everybody's got a Everybody's got some little I thought golf it used phrase. to have another name of n- what now another popular golf show has that has taken. Uh, I don't. I okay. don't know. Was it not tea time at, at a certain point? Not, not, nothing that I've been associated okay, okay. with. Okay, well, okay. We jumped around, but I, I think we settled nicely on the golf show. Thank you. Yes. To, thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks to Nick Cellini. So he defaulted to uh, the golf show. Ike Newkirk used to be on before us, uh, you know, across the street. And he used to just, you know, refer to it as the golf show. And I'm like, you know what? That's what it is. That's what the sales department calls it. That's what <laughs> that's what the traffic department, the programming department, every that's what it is. It doesn't need a fancy name. If yeah, we had just two, cut to the point. Right. If we had two golf shows, yes. then we could this, this is on the green, you know. <laughs> and then there's Chris's show. He's Tuesday nights. It's next on the tee. No, no, we don't have two. We have one and one like the everlasting gobstopper. One is enough for anyone. Yeah, we jam it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we just call it the golf show. Well, well, Chris, we're glad to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we, coming up today on the program, Matt Vanderpool, the executive director of the Georgia State Golf Association, and Scott Geary, who runs the Georgia PGA, they're going to be on at the same time. I'm not really even sure how this is going to go. Like, we're not... <laughs> positive that that's even legal <laughs> we, we could get we could get sanctioned somehow for this but we'll see uh that's coming up as uh, as you know chris i was doing the uh the tournament in jackson the last uh last few days i did thursday and friday interestingly enough we're doing the tournament in jackson mississippi which has had flooding problems through uh through the month of august uh i did it from studios in saint augustine which was in one of the 17 paths of this hurricane and uh and we we had the, we lost power a couple times is that right and we kept going though they built our building to withstand all of this so uh so we got through it on PGA Tour live i was you know i don't understand the spaghetti models and our friends at the weather channel are between your house and here you live over in Marietta right right yeah man they're right there right the the hurricane tracking they the cone right here's the cone it could go anywhere in this cone and I'll tell you you know Monday morning Tuesday morning they 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 have the days I, I thought the cone was great the spaghetti models are all laid out underneath the cone and all of a sudden they went from you know here's a decent idea one big thick red line it might be in somewhere in here to well here's 27 yellow lines. <laughs> We have no idea what this thing's going to do. And by the way, all of those would have been covered by the cone. Just leave it in the cone. Less confusing. It's less confusing. I I have more confidence in the cone than I do in the, oh, I might go left. <laughs> uh, so that's my advice to the folks who are not asking for it <laughs> over there. Is, never know. They're listening. Yeah, oh, they're listening. Uh, just go with the cone. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, a rough storm, and, you know, I was just down. I was down at Streamsong right before that, so I was 50 miles from Naples. Yeah. And, uh, you know, basically it chased me up the coast. 
uh, up across the state. So uh, Florida, you know, ran out of gas. It was typical. You've been through a hurricane? I have not, fortunately. I mean, I lived in Orlando for 12 years. And this one went right through Orlando. Yeah, just, I, I guess it just missed Orlando to the south. Right. Missed Charlie and all of those. So I got out before then. Yeah. But yeah, Bruno, I've got a lot of friends in the Naples, Fort Myers area. So yeah, hearts go out to them. Well, that storm could theoretically have turned left and affected the folks in Jackson, Mississippi, but it didn't. Uh, it could have gone right through Orlando. It actually could have. We, we were supposed to get some of it here, and right. we, we didn't. So uh, we're very lucky. We hope that they uh, they get through it all. And, and like everybody was saying yesterday on all of the college football games, if you can help, help. Uh, Mark Hubbard is winning. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes is one shot back. They're also playing on the European Tour. This is the coolest event I think they do. Uh, and it is the Alfred Dunhill Links Championship. This is their pro-am. This is their Pebble Beach pro-am. So three golf courses. Stop me if you've heard of them. Uh, Kings Barnes. Adam, have you heard of Kings Barnes? He nodded yes, but he has not heard of Kings Barnes. <laughs> I know for Derek Thomas. That was a no. Uh, yeah, when you did the setup, I was like, oh, he's going to name courses I know, and I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, and Adam has definitely not heard of Kings Barnes. How do you know? Because I know. Who designed Kings Barnes? Say Jack Nicholas. Jack Nicholas. Yeah, but actually, I don't even know. It wasn't Jack Nicholas. <laughs> Footjoy. It's a good guess. Did though. you say Footjoy? Is that what you said? Yeah, Footjoy. That's right. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember that old joke? Yes, from- Adam with his Footjoy golf oh, shoes. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, the other ones you have heard of, though, uh, Carnoustie, and then the third course is the old course at St Andrews. Have, Chris, have you made the trip over to Scotland? I have not. It's definitely on my bucket list to go do. Um, St. Andrews, yeah, for all of us, right? I mean, holy grail. Holy, that's holy ground for all of us. Got to yep. get over there and play. And physically, it's right in the middle. Kings Barnes is, uh, is maybe six, seven miles south, so that takes 30 minutes. Uh, the road is it's eight feet wide. And, uh, and Carnoustie... A lot of people don't know this, but from the old course, if you look up to the northeast, you just look up the coast, you can see Carnoustie. Unfortunately, that's an hour away because you have to go inland, you have to go around, you got to cross the, uh, you got to cross across the river to get there. You got to go through Dundee where they have a casino. I've heard. Never <laughs> um, has it. So you got three courses that are in close proximity to each other. It still takes <laughs> it takes a little longer than it should. Um, but it's great, and they play with partners like Rory's playing with his dad. So he's got his dad's, uh, you know, his dad's got handicap shots. He can play Rory's ball. So just like Pebble Beach, one pro, one amateur for three days. They make the cut. It's pros only on Sunday. Uh, I don't know if they do amateur teams on Sunday like Pebble Beach does or not. I don't even care. Uh, but uh, the leader there, Ryan Fox, uh, with Richard Mansell. And they are on the golf course right now. And they all play the old course today. So uh, it's how the old course course record, I think, got down to 60. And it's not because of any of the majors. It's because of this. Yeah. Well, and they had some weather over there, too, right? That's what we love about St. Andrews and the Open Championship. I believe Thomas Peters shot 65, 83, 64, something along those lines because of the weather. Yeah, I can believe it. I do see the middle day scores. Yeah, there's. Uh, Adriano shoots 67, 80, 66. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what can happen. There's, uh, there's Peters. Yeah. 65, 83, 64. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. 
And that's, you know, that's one of the other reasons why we enjoy watching the British Open. 100%. Is that you just never know what you're going to get over there. It's all dictated by the weather. Yeah, I think we were all a little disappointed this year because we didn't see it. Didn't get it. Uh, I liked it because you didn't get a gigantic difference in in waves. They don't really have true waves there, but still, you can go out one morning and have nothing, and then the guys in the afternoon get snowed on. Right. Tiger got snowed on at Birkdale when he was going for the single-season slam. Right. Got snowed on. That morning, I think there were people surfing. And he goes out in the afternoon, you know, just ridiculous. Uh, but what are you going to do? Yep. Uh, the big news in the world of golf, though, and we talk about it pretty much every week. Uh, there have been developments in what's going on with Live Golf. Uh, how have you handled Live Golf on your podcast? Yeah, we talk an awful lot about it. You can't get away from it every week. Um and everyone has a different opinion. I mean, I think we all wish that the money was coming from somewhere else, and I think we all have a hard time with that. But if you take that out, you take the politics out, let's just talk about pure competition now in the game of golf. I think it's unfortunate the way the two entities have sort of gone to war with one another. Um, it's, it's more about you hurt my feelings, you take my players. It's about money. I like the idea of competition in golf. I like what Live Golf is doing with their broadcast. I wish a couple of more people would watch it because I think we both have a mutual friend that's leading up those broadcasts, and I think they're doing some really interesting things that makes the game of golf more fun, less stodgy. So I'm I'm hoping that things work out and calm down and they well, can that, get back together. That is a very nice can to take. Their, their show is the worst in broadcasting. Uh, if you're going to put the full field leaderboard Give me the full names. Don't give me abbreviations just because Formula One does abbreviations. Uh, that, that's that's terrible. Uh, shot, 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 shot with no context. It's terrible. Uh, players through 12 holes as opposed to tell me what hole the guy is on because they have a shotgun start. That's terrible. Uh, look, this, this is, you asked. Um, and I've told our friend this, so, but nobody asked me. Uh, their television is, a, is one of the stories this week. Uh, when they're going to get a television deal. Right. Well, they haven't asked for a television deal because they didn't have their lineup set. They didn't want to ask six months ago because somebody was going to say yes. You didn't want them to say yes and pay for that lineup. You wanted the lineup that includes as many of the stars as you can possibly afford. Well, they may have gotten to that spot now. So the story is, the story started with they're going to have TV at their last event, which is at Doral. Uh, then the story evolves to that that event was going to be four days and they cut it to three days. We're wondering why that is. And then it evolves to, well, they're going to buy the TV time. Maybe that's why they only went with three days. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. The money has not been an issue for them. Right. So I did, we don't know that those dots necessarily connect. But uh, but a barter, a brokered time deal. You know, they're, they're buying their time. We've seen this in other sports before, a lot in motor sports. What do you think about them buying their broadcast for their final tournament? Yeah, well, I mean, it sort of comes into the face of Greg Norman where we've got four networks that are, you know, going to bid for our, our broadcast. He, so- he, he said something to that effect. If you read his actual quotes, because people have been saying Greg Norman has been disingenuous or he's been lying. I don't know he's been lying. No. He said there are, there are offers on the table. Well, it sounds like the offers were just going the other direction. You right. know, he didn't say they're offering us. He said there's offers on the table. <laughs> and now Fox, right? We all figured that Fox would be the one where they'd end up since they lost golf and all that sort of thing. So I'm expecting that that's where we're going to be watching Live Golf next year. Yeah. Well, 
Fox Sports One. Well, then again, in the story, the main story they got written about this was written by a guy named Eamon Lynch at Golf Week, and Eamon Lynch has been staunch, staunchly anti-Live. So, so he says it's a brokered deal. For one, they're going to buy their time for their last event, and they're talking about buying their time for next year. Uh, the Live's version of this is that you know we're going to buy. You know, we're, they didn't say they're going to buy their time the first time, but that Fox would be interested for next year. So Eamon's version is a little different than their version. I have no idea. I wonder how how the USGA and NBC are going to feel about this because they're the ones that came in and bought out the rest of Fox's contract uh, for the for the USGA events. I think NBC got a pretty healthy discount. I don't know how the USGA, I don't know if they're going to get the full terms. So I don't know how they're going to feel if all of a sudden here's Fox who said we don't have the money and now they got the money. Right. But I don't know if that's even how that's going. Right. If that goes that way, I think somebody else is going to have a scathing thing to say on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so TV for the last one, in theory, they haven't announced that. Right. They're playing this coming week in Singapore. Would assume that this is when they're going to make the announcement, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the other thing, they had a lawsuit still going on, which is why another reason why the sides are not playing nicely. Um is that one one side immediately sued the other side? So that I know I know your your Twitter folks are quick to point at the PGA Tour uh, as being the villain in this. Uh, the PGA Tour got sued immediately. Well, when once you've been sued, you, you kind of have to proceed very cautiously. Now you can't be nice. I firmly believe Jay Monahan would love to have a meeting. Really? Oh, hundred percent. Why? Because uh, because as Rory said, if somebody's willing to inject a billion dollars into your sport, you got to go talk to them. Mm-hmm. You're about to give up on the fall. You got you got plenty of time. If you can go make a billion dollars and and let those guys play some events, do it. I think he you know, I think it's his job to go listen to that. But when they're suing you, we're not you're not coming to the office. <laughs> you know, sorry, we're not going to meet at <laughs> Starbucks. <for> a, <laughs> uh, you got to drop the lawsuit. Well, they're getting closer to that because. Three more players dropped out of the lawsuit, including Phil Mickelson. It's a lawsuit that started with unfair labor labor practices. It spun off into a potential uh, uh, temporary injunction to allow some of these guys to play in the playoffs. Uh, the judge didn't have any part of that, uh, as as she shouldn't have. These guys, they left the tour. The, the PGA Tour was not in any way non-transparent about what was going to happen. You go play in this, you're out. Very clear. Told you many times. They actually suspended a bunch of players the first time, and then a new crop came the second time. They suspended them. Then a new crop came the third time. You can't say you didn't know what was going to (laughs) happen. So what they're trying to say is that the tour can't do that. Well, obviously they can't. They're down now to just three players left in the lawsuit. Right. Gooch, Swafford, Poulter, and Mickelson pulled out. Bryson, Peter Uline, and Matt Jones are the three players left. And, of course, the league itself, Liv, is suing the PGA Tour. Uh, what do you think of this? Well, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm all about players being able to decide as independent contractors, where do you want to play? Yeah. Right? I you think they that, should have You know that Liv doesn't allow them to decide where they want to play. Well, so when you look at what, <laughs> what Greg Norman is saying now in his interviews, he's saying exactly that. Let them play. They're independent contractors. We're, we're open to letting them play on the PGA Tour. Right. right. At the end of the day, if you got 14 events next year on live, you got 15 events 
on the PGA Tour, which is what you the minimum you got to play. These guys want to go play 29 events. Let them go play 29 events. Right. So the problem is the tour is giving them insurance and retirement benefits and a lot of things that Greg's not giving them. And the tour has a policy for conflicting events. Right. Live doesn't. What happens if you wanted to skip Singapore and play in Vegas next week on the PGA Tour? Is Greg Norman going to let you out of that event? Probably not this year, but I bet you he would next year. You think he would? I do. I don't. You're the only human being I've ever <laughs> talked to. I think he that would. Knows anything about golf that has thought that they would let you out? See, because Greg's theoretically sold. What Greg's doing a team concept, right? What's going to happen to the crushers if one of the crushers guys wants to take the week off? Who's going to play in that spot? Remember, they want to sell these teams for sure. But it's not just the four players, right? They're, they want to have like a whole league of players coming up and down and trading back and forth and all of those. Well, well, they haven't said where those players are going to come from. That's actually why they're not getting world golf ranking points right now is there's no ingress or egress. It's a closed shop. Uh, and the Asian tour is not the answer to that. That's currently Greg's answer to that. It is Greg's answer. That's not, that's why they've got not gotten a yes yet because that's not going to be the right answer. But if you paid a billion dollars for the team that has Ian Poulter on it, and then you find out Ian Poulter's not coming to the to the next tournament because he wants to go play in the PGA Tour event. I promise you that is not going to be allowed. It is currently not allowed, and there is no way that's going to be allowed. The PGA Tour did allow it. You just had to apply for, you know, one, one of those releases. Well, in this case, they gave them all the release for the first event because it was not inside North America, which is one of their rules, and... They felt like they had to. Then by the time they got to the second event, which was going to be in Portland, they're like, first of all, our rules keep us from doing that. Well, so why do the tour's rules keep them from giving a release in North America? Well, because whatever event that was opposite, let's just pretend it was John Deere, yep. the tour sold John Deere on the concept that we're going to have all the best players here. We're not going to let our guys go play somewhere else because we took a bunch of money from you. We're going to bring all our guys to you. We can't, how disingenuous would that have been? Well, we're going to let all our guys play at John Deere, except for Dustin. We, we told him he could go play. Uh, but you're not getting a discount, John Deere. You just got to enjoy the field that showed up. So, and again, if everybody's pointing at this saying, uh, these guys are being evil. No, they put a system in place. And they let these guys, for years and years, you could go play. Hey. This one was clearly a competing situation, and they went the other way with it. Right. But to your example about the John Deere, right? You don't know from year to year who's going to play in the John Deere event. No. You don't know who's injured, who's sick, or who doesn't want to play that event because I just won or I've just played three other events in a row. That's right. So you don't know who's going to be there. So No, but you have a reasonable expectation. The PGA Tour has the policy that, you know, you got to play one in five. I mean, they the, the sponsor, when they write the check, they have a set of expectations on what their field's going to be. Right. And there's always been the, the dangling of possibly, hey, maybe Tiger will come. Hey, you never know. <laughs> doesn't always work out. <laughs> I would say it doesn't. <laughs> doesn't always work out. But the rules are written such that yeah. it might happen. Right. Currently, live is all of them are nothing. And that's it. If you're saying that they might change that. That's the first I've ever heard of that. Well, like I say, Greg was just interviewed about you know his involvement in this you know lives involvement in the countersuits and all that and his opinion at least based on the interview i saw yesterday 
is that these guys are independent well, to, contractors. and But they're not. And to say that they can play here and then they can play over there, yeah, they can play over there until, like, they don't want to they want to miss your Singapore event. He ain't saying that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, all right, so when we come back, a special guest, two executive directors at the same time, man. I know I'd want it. I know what I'd do with a million dollars, man. <laughs> it is the golf show. Chris Mascaro sitting in. Great job, by the way. Well done. All the segments will be easier than that one. You'll be more right in the next segment, too. Ah, okay. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the tee for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. Funny moment. Funny moment at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Sam Burns, 18th hole. Yes, it was Friday. It's a tee shot. Ball goes straight right. Nobody knows why, except for Sam Burns. Sam Burns knows. There's power lines in front of the tee box. He asked for a provisional. I guess it was the ninth hole. I don't know. Maybe it was one of them. There's plenty of room to the right. And the ball goes right. He's asking for a provisional. There's just no possible way you hit this out of bounds. He had hit the power lines. I've never seen a guy in a PGA Tour event hit a shot that hit power lines. Chris Mascaro, have you ever seen that in a PGA Tour event? I have not. I was surprised to see where the tee box was, and it was behind the power lines. And actually, when, when you and Johnny were doing the call, I was kind of confused about what was going on. Saw him take the ball, hit another shot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they did a great job. Uh, they put a clip out on Instagram. Uh, unfor- unfortunately, they edited the clip to make it look like neither one of us knew the rule. We all knew the rule. We didn't know the ball hit the power line. Uh, Sam Burns, though, knew the ball hit the power line because immediately, and give him credit, he knew the rule also. I mean, he, anybody that's played this game where there are power lines, and by the way, the fourth hole at Dogwood has power lines. I only play there days that end in Y. <laughs> so very familiar with the power line rule, which is a mandatory replay. You have to play it. I just didn't know he'd hit him. But he knew it because as soon as he hit it, he looks over at his caddy to try to get another ball from the bag. And that's what you're trying to figure out. Why does he think he hit that out of bounds? If he aimed it out of bounds, I don't think he could hit it far enough to hit it out of bounds. From from where he was standing, I don't even think a long drive guy could hit it out of bounds. <laughs> um, but that's what he was doing. Yeah, I think if you, if you really listen to the replay, you can hear it tick the power line. But I didn't know it at the time when you guys were doing huh. the call live. What yeah, they, happened? They went back on the replay. They also put the tracer on it. That right. kind of that kind of burns me up a little bit because we didn't have the tracer on the original shot. They went back and put the tracer. Now they also put, go back and put the tracer on things like when a guy throws his club. That's funny because <laughs> then it starts bouncing around. <laughs> they can put the tracer on in retrospect, which uh, which is very funny. This one was also very funny, but live we had no idea right. that ball hit the power line. I mean, you don't even. Maybe you just block them out. It's forced perspective on TV. I'm not even sure I would have thought they were in the way. I've walked that hole, but never gave the power lines any thought. Done the tournament 12 times. <laughs> never even, never seen another hit it. All right. Let's, uh, let's go live now somewhere else in the state. I don't even know where these guys are, but we've got two guests right now that hate each other. At least for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the executive director of the Georgia State Golf Association, Matt Vanderpool, and 
the man in charge. Actually, I don't even know. I think he just changed titles, but he's still the, he was the executive director of the Georgia PGA, Scott Geary. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome. Tell the world where you are. Uh, good morning, BK. We are um, keeping our hands tied, trying not to throw blows here in Thomasville, Georgia, at Glen Arvin Country Club for the 42nd playing of the Billy Peters Cup matches, which is a, a match play event between the amateur body GSGA and us, the Georgia PGA. Okay. Uh, Matt Vanderpool, who's winning? Well, we just uh, teed everybody off a few minutes ago. I think live results are about uh, about evenly matched up. So looking forward to We've got four ball matches this morning and foursomes matches this afternoon, and then we'll do uh, a nice round of singles matches tomorrow. But uh, it's a little too early to tell. There's a couple of uh, one-up leads in a few matches. Okay. I didn't realize it was a Sunday-Monday event. I thought it was a Saturday-Sunday. My, my bad. Uh, that's no. That's... These are the best of the best from the Georgia PGA and the GSGA. So you can understand my unfamiliarity with the event. <laughs> well said. Is there gonna, ever going to be a putting competition in the Billy Peters Cup? Can we, can we have the putting version of it? We've got, we've got one of those, but not at the Billy Peters Cup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, do you remember who won the putting championship last year? I, you know, um, I, th- I think I do remember. I think we're, we have the esteemed pleasure of speaking with him right now. Okay. Uh, we, we also have the team winner, by the way. We've got two of the, <laughs> two of the winners in the three divisions on the phone. As Scott Geary won the team side of things. Uh, that Georgia putting championship is coming up. Do you guys, we, is, is it time for an announcement? I, it absolutely is. So we are returning the Georgia putting championship on October 30th at Bobby Jones golf course, the putting the Yates putting course there. Um, and happy to say that we've had some overwhelming uh, participation coming this year. Um, the team, the team division is all full at 30 teams and we're about 15 individuals away from a full field in that, in that, Flight. Gotta love that. Uh, October 30th, and we're doing both competitions same day. The Dan Yates putting course right there at Bobby Jones. Chris, have you played the Dan Yates? Have you gone down there and putted yet? I have. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah I love that place. So infinitely changeable, too. Uh, and I uh, understand, uh, Scott, they're going to be doing making some changes in between the event. We're going to see just how flexible the Dan Yates putting course is, right? Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, we're going to get every inch of that thing and uh, kind of flip it over. So we've got two routings going out. So we're we're pulling out all the stops for it this year. Right, Got to love that. All right, that's Scott Geary from the Georgia PGA. He's the executive director. We've also got Matt Van Vanderpool from the Georgia State Golf Association. Matt, I got uh, got the email from Trip Pendergast. Great fundraising event coming up. You guys did this last year. Uh, People people love music so much they try to play it while they're uh, while they're playing golf. They get the speakers going. I'm a musical people. You guys did a concert last year. Seems like it was a success because you're going to do it again this year. Yeah, absolutely. We had a benefit concert last year headlined by Edwin McCain, and we are excited to be back again uh, Thursday, November third. Uh, we're going to be at the Strand on Marietta Square this year. 
with uh, headlined by Deanna Carter, wonderful country music artist. We've also got uh, a couple of other opening acts, uh, Eric Dodd and, and uh, Ansley uh, Richardson, I believe is her, is her name. It's Ainsley Davidson, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, we're, we're excited. Uh, these uh, proceeds from the Benefit concert will uh, go to support our adaptive golf and junior golf programs across the state. So it should be a wonderful evening of music and combining golf. So anybody that loves golf, loves music, uh, a perfect marriage, come on out and uh, support the game and uh, hear some great music. Yeah, do, you don't have to wear your golf shoes. There's not a putting green set up. There's no, you just sit and watch, watch the show. It was uh, absolutely. Yeah, it was excellent. Eric Dodd, by the way, came out to Pine Tree. Scott, I don't know if you remember. You probably had something to do with this, but uh, Eric Dodd was yeah. at Pine Tree for for the first Gene Siller tournament, and uh, he played. He came on the he came on the XM show. He played. He played for the folks in the tournament. He came in. He played a little. He played a song on the show, and just nailed it. I'm I'm a big Eric Dodd fan. Yeah, he's great. We're excited. Eric's a huge supporter of GSGA and and uh, great golfer, uh, great musician. So uh, excited to have him back again this year. Scott Geary and Matt Vanderpool are guests. They're at the Billy Peters Cup down there at Glen Arvin. All right, tell us what we need to know about Billy Peters. Billy Peters, man, he, he's uh, arguably the goat of, of <laughs> volunteerism in, in Georgia. Uh, past president of the GSGA, longtime uh, volunteer on our, our competitions, uh, rules official, uh, was chair of our championship committee for a number of years, also volunteered as a rules official for the Georgia PGA, and just one of those selfless individuals that wanted to give back to the game, loved the game, uh, loved the GSGA and the Georgia PGA, and uh, you know, it was really our, our honor to name these matches a- after Billy. Um, just as a testament to his contributions to both organizations over the years. Yeah, and I, I'd add too, BK, you know, in, in Billy's honor, he, he loved both the amateur body and the professional side. And so it's great to be here doing these matches. And I really feel like the, the two sides have come together, not only with these matches, but with the Georgia Putting Championship, with a lot of joint efforts with both of us being located there at Bobby Jones Golf Course. So it's just a, a good celebration and some good some good competition this weekend. See, it is possible to love both organizations. I know I do. <laughs> Not enough to found something like Billy Peters did. I mean, I don't have it like he does. But uh, <laughs> uh, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, can't wait to hear who wins. Georgia PGA. Dot com will give you the results gsga.org will also give you the results we're doing you uh, matt did you say we're doing live scoring for the Bill, billy peters cup we're, we're, we're doing live scoring yep hold by hold so yeah follow the results and uh yeah we'll see uh, who hoists the billy peters cup trophy tomorrow afternoon can we get matt vanderpool in the georgia putting championship you know, somebody's got to got to be an administrator, BK. We can't, we can't all play in it. I understand <laughs> the van. You think about the it's Vander, like, the power couple yeah. that is Matt and Ket Vanderpool. Scott, I don't think we can handle them if they entered. No, I'm okay if they're if they're out if he's out as an administrator. If that's the team they're bringing to the table. <laughs> well, there's there's 15 slots left, so we'll, we'll see. I may be able to to get my entry in in time and see it up with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and before we let you guys go, the, the partners, you guys have some great partners. Obviously, Bobby Jones, where, uh, you know, Georgia, you know, the golf house here in the state of Georgia is where both of your offices are. You know that part. But 
some other folks have come together to make this possible. Yeah, uh, you know, this started as sort of a joint effort and, and to make it grow and, and get bigger, you obviously need those partners. So this year we'll have, as you mentioned, Bobby Jones Apparel uh, being a partner for the event as well as the PGA Tour Superstore. Uh, excited to announce Mizuno Golf is going to come support. And then our, our, our big partner in all this is Sweeten's Cove Bourbon. Uh, so they were excited to be a part of this putting championship and help us grow it. So it'll be a fun time and have a little bourbon while you're putting. Sometimes that makes us a little better when we're out there. So uh, we're excited for it. That was the Georgia PGA guy that said that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gents, we really appreciate it. I'm uh, I'm officially still an amateur, Matt, so I'm pulling for your guys. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Noted, BK. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Scott. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, have fun down there. We appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Thank you very much. You got it. That's Scott Geary and Matt Vanderpool. Matt from the Georgia State Golf Association. Scott from the Georgia PGA. Chris, those are those are good folks. We are very lucky in our state that those are the guys that are running this game right there. Absolutely. And if they're if they're in favor of bourbon on the golf course, dude. All the better. Only one of them officially was. <laughs> I think they both are. Only one of them officially was. <laughs> and that's because of the sponsorship opportunities. <laughs> have you played Sweetens Cove? I have not. Me neither. No? We don't have any excuse. We live two hours from I now. know. And oh. Good friends of ours, you know, Matt, Matt Lawrence and Mitch Lawrence. Yeah. They, they had an event up there a couple of years ago, which I really wanted to play in. But I've heard nothing but fantastic things about Sweet Now, Sweet. Mitch will play with the Hickories. That's exactly right. Did he? Did, did he? Uh, yes. Their event was Hickories? Well, I mean, you know, bring him if you got him, right? So No, it's I think too he, hard. <laughs> I, think, I, I think Mitch almost exclusively is now. I think that's what he does. Hickories. I've never met his brother, Matt. I only know Mitch. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think they're twins. They are. Yeah. Four minutes. Four, okay, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess I can just pretend. Maybe I have met Matt. <laughs> I feel like I've only met Mitch, but maybe that's part of the ruse. Uh, we got to get up and play Sweetens Cove. Glad to do it. Let's go. It's one of these retro architecture things. Like if you're into into the the nuances of golf course architecture, they have a they have a Baritz green and a Redan green, and it's only nine holes. It's only nine holes, like Bobby Jones. Yeah, like Bobby Jones, but it's up there near Lookout Mountain. It's up there in Chattanooga, right? I, I think Peyton owns part of this. I think he does. Yeah, uh, I, I'm all about it. Yeah, I'm in. Let's go. And and isn't it? Do you know? Like they're they're a partner there, which is great. And that's they they have a bourbon. I didn't realize that. Neither did but I. like you don't get a tea time at Sweetens Cove. I think you buy the day. Is they that right? Sell a certain number of passes for the day, and you just show up. That's it. You've got the it's it's you and twelve other guys for the day. Wow. Something like that. We got to get somebody from Sweetens Cove on because we. We have more questions than answers, but I'm, <laughs> I'm very optimistically curious. I want to be, I want to get up there. Yeah, when you talk to Mitch. I want to see it. Yeah, <laughs> Mitch is going to want to talk about the hickories. So. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll take a break. Chris Mascaro sitting in. Great job so far, by the way. Appreciate you. You okay? I'm good. All right. <laughs> the show flies by. Uh, it's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Before you hit the links, start your morning with the golf show. Now back to Brian Katrick and Ollie Dean on Atlanta's Golf Station, the Fed. Hello, Ollie Dean. I don't even remember.
remember that guy, to be honest with you. Chris Mascaro with us. Yeah, exactly. Derek Thomas over there. Adam Crooks pushing the flashing buttons. I don't think Adam's broken anything today. Derek, how has Adam done today? <laughs> uh, we had to put out a small fire with a fire extinguisher earlier, but um, no. No, everything's I... just fine. He's done a great job. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. It's a very small fire. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sunday morning. There's nobody here. It's a perfect well, time. It'll be, it'll be cleaned up. I saw Steve West was there. He was helping. Uh, Steve West is coming up with the... Uh, the football show, which is not the name of that show. That is Atlanta's <laughs> official NFL pregame show. <laughs> See? And that's why Derek's here. <laughs> Who do the Falcons have today? I know it's a home game. Hosting the Cleveland Browns. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Chris, who's your football allegiance? Steelers. I'm from Pittsburgh. So oh, so you hate the Browns. So, hate yeah, the Browns. go Falcons <laughs> okay. then, right? Yeah. yeah, right. Go Falcons. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, Chris Mascaro sitting in. Uh, next on the tee with Chris Mascaro. Uh, podcast. What got you into this? What what made you decide? You said you've been doing it before most of the rest of the folks. Yeah. What made you decide this is what I want to do? Well, I mean, so the whole backstory is I, I met a, a gentleman through LinkedIn years ago, and uh, he had a baseball site, and he was looking for people that was were willing to write articles about baseball. I'm a Red Sox fan, lived in Boston for a bunch of years, from Pittsburgh, obviously a Pirates fan back in the 70s. So I agreed to start writing some articles. And then he came around and said, you know, hey, there's this new podcasting thing. I don't really know what it is, but, you know, it's sort of like a radio show, but, you know, you, you record it and all that. Is anyone willing to do a, a show about baseball? So I raised my hand with some other guys up in New England. I'll, I'll be glad to talk baseball, I'll talk Red Sox and all that sort of thing. So we did that. And at the end of that, that actually led to football, right? So you get to the end of baseball season, anyone want to do a football show? So I raised my hand, we'll do a football show, Thursday night tailgate, it's still going on. We're in our 11th season. Um, and then we got picked up by the Armed Forces Radio Network. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. And I asked those guys at the end of football season, would they let me do a golf show because I love the game? And they sort of smiled and patted me in my head and said, Chris, no one's ever going to listen to golf on the radio. Um, but we'll let you do one show. And if anybody listens, then we'll, we'll go from there. Well, I was blessed enough to have Gary Player and Billy Casper on the first show. Oof. And we were the number three rated show for the week. And they said, huh, maybe people will listen to golf on the radio. And that was nine years ago. And this was a podcast. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, podcast with those guys. How long did that? Po- Do you remember how long that show was? It was an hour. An hour. Yeah. Were you? Did they limit you? No. Because no, not at all. Those those are two completely different interview subjects. Uh, to have them together, were they on together? Or was yes. It, holy cow! Yeah. Because Gary is super energetic and very overpowering. Billy Casper is a low talker. Yeah. But his stories are unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yes. If Gary will slow down for a second and let Billy get going, <laughs> you're going to want. I mean, Gary's a great story. I'm not. I'm not down on Gary Player, oh, but I he love could. Gary. He could over. I could see where Billy Casper wouldn't talk if Gary Player was on the show because Gary's loud and animated. And but you got some Billy Casper. Yeah, stories. I got some. And Billy was very emotional and talking about you know some of the players that he got to play alongside and the relationships and uh, and then losing some of those guys along the way. But um, yeah, Billy Casper was an amazing. Uh, amazing man and you know the big three in me and the book that he wrote and and talking about his place and in, in golf in the 60s and 70s was wonderful and obviously he and gary played an, an awful lot of golf together yeah if it was the big four he would have been the fourth exactly M- maybe the best putter 
ever. Billy Casper. Yeah, tremendous. Um, and, and Gary gave him credit for being one of the top putters ever. He's the finest putter of his kind. <laughs> that was a Gary Player impression. That was for Adam. Um, all right. Well, that's where it got started. That is, that's really cool. I yeah. like that. Nine years later, and, and Gary's a wonderful friend. I've had the privilege of uh, talking to him every year on the Saturday prior to uh, the Masters. So we've done that for nine years in a row, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with him. 86 years of age, can't wait to talk to him again. When was, the, when was the last time you talked with him? This past April. This past April, so it's it's a yearly thing. Yes. Are you? Do you go into, I mean, he's had, he's had problems with both of his sons. Yeah, we stay away from that. That's okay. to me. That's a family issue. I don't want to stir that up. Yeah, it just it becomes a golf. I mean, Billy Casper had a gigantic family. Yeah, eleven uh, kids. Yeah, I mean, I worked with with one of them. Bob was actually on on Westwood One, which was part of the Armed Forces Network. Uh, he was great. Still is. He does a radio show and probably a podcast uh, with uh, with Brian Taylor. But you know, the off off course. I mean, good for you for separating that. But Gary's stuff, we're talking about selling trophies that he won in golf tournaments. Wayne, maybe, maybe not banned from Augusta for a thing that happened during the ceremonial first tee shots. You know, I, I don't blame you. I wouldn't, you know, you don't want to confront a guy with that. No. But those are on-topic discussions. Yeah, and I know he's had, you know, issues with his other son, Mark, and all of that, and suing each other back and forth. But, yeah, I try to stay away from those sorts of things. I want to talk golf. I don't want to talk about you know, those sort of controversial things. That's Everybody else is talking about those things. I'll let somebody else deal with that. Let's talk about the good stories and this history and all the great things that he's done over the course of his career. There's a lot of great stories, you know, from particularly around the Masters. I mean, the guy spent over a year of his life on that property. So Yes. Hit over four million golf balls. Uh, they finished that PLDA World Long Drive Championship this past weekend. This one was on, like, YouTube or something like that last year, and we were all watching it because Bryson was Bryson, there. right. Remember he finished, like, fourth? Right. Finished second this year. Second. Martin Borgmeier of Germany won. I've heard of that guy. Have you heard of that guy? I have not. I believe I've heard of that. Now, I mean, he's obviously Kyle Berkshire is in there. These are, these are some of the long drive names. I couldn't tell you which one Martin Borgmeier was. <laughs> he was the guy with the trophy. But Bryson finished second. And once you get past the ropes, you're, you know, he's home free. <laughs> Did you see the video that Bryson put out? Bryson got got hit in the eye by a rope. Yeah. At their, their Boston event, Chicago, it was Chicago event. Chicago event. I, I'm with Bryson on this. First of all, a rope to the eye. People are making fun of him because he goes down like he was shot. If you get hit in the eye by anything... I'm stopping. I'm not going to walk anymore. We're going to hang on a second. Whatever we're doing is paused. Uh, now, Bryson's gone under or over gallery ropes for a long time, way more than the two of us have. Yes. Uh, so you got to figure he had something going on there. But did you see his response to it? He put a video out. I saw the video. Yes. The Rocky video? Yes. He goes under some gallery ropes, and this was at the long drive, and he successfully gets under them. And then he celebrates it. Yes, he's jumping up and down. And it's all the long drive guys. So this is some serious, you know, these are some poundage that are jumping up and down, chest bumping. Them. These are some big dudes. Uh, there's a very, there's a lot of testosterone in that mock celebration. Uh, Bryson's an easy target. I thought John McGinnis nailed this. Bryson normally wears the, the Ben Hogan cap. Yeah. 
which has a very short brim. If you feel the rope on the brim of that cap, you kind of know where it is. Well, he was wearing a baseball cap, and the rope came across the baseball cap. He didn't know where the brim was. He just didn't have a feel for the hat. <laughs> no? That's what it was? I don't know. <laughs> this is a heck of a theory. <laughs> wearing baseball caps is tough. <laughs> Not everybody wears baseball caps all the time. <laughs> well, Chris, great job. We appreciate you coming in. I was excited to be here. You let's, me? Let's do it again. Let's do it. Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro is available wherever you get your podcasts. Derek, great job. Adam, except for the fire, excellent. <laughs> We're talking football next on the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Watches and whiskey. Do I have your attention? <laughs> this is Jonathan Geller at D. Geller & Son Jewelers, and we're celebrating summer and Father's Day with something we've never done before. This Saturday, we'll have Atlanta's biggest and best selection of new and pre-owned Swiss watches under each of our roofs. We're talking fan favorites like Tissot and Omega, showstoppers from Rolex, and it gets better. With help from Old Fourth Distillery, we're providing complimentary whiskey tastings while you browse. It's this Saturday, June 8th, in all three D. Geller & Son showrooms. Learn more at dgeller.com. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.